my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, May the 16th. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's joy. I wish you God's life today, my friends. Uh, We are now in the fifth week of Easter. We've got three more to go. Uh, as we celebrate this this wondrous, the, the best, the highest feast day, that uh, and the highest season, ultimately, uh, within our church year. Um, so I don't know how many of you are in this area. You know, I am in the um, kind of central uh, eastern Wisconsin region. And if you have been around this area, I mean, my gosh, the weather this weekend was so beautiful. Isn't that wonderful? The new life. I mean, you know, you see it with the birds in the spring. You see it with the geese that, that come back to rest. And, uh, and then you see it with people. And, and we did. So I hope that, that you had a wonderful weekend wherever you are. Hey, uh, okay, we are going to move through John. I think that's where we're going to be going for the next, I, again, I didn't look ahead, but if I'm going to play soothsayer, I think we're going to stay in John's gospel, probably reading a lot of the Last Supper discourse all the way up until, um, you know, we get to the Feast of Ascension and then to the Feast of Pentecost. And we're, we're knocking on those doors, brothers and sisters. As I said, we only have three weeks left. Okay, so let's uh, take a look at the gospel for today. As you know, we left off on Friday with John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. Uh, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. Uh, If there were not what I have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And uh, if I do, I will come back and take you to myself. It was that abundance of God, that, that... that idea that God is, is just present in all things and everywhere, and God is not running out of God's grace and love and mercy for us. It was a, a gospel of such good news. So today we're going to follow up on that. We're, we're, we will have missed a little bit in between, but uh, we're following up with it. So we're at John 14, verses 21 to 26. So if you are following along, I will be reading out of the New American Translation. The translation you would have heard had you, uh, or the one we would hear at church, okay? So, let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, then what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our dwelling with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. My friends, 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the Last Supper Discourse, of course, mentions exactly what the context is. Uh, Chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, all five chapters are Jesus's basically final words to his disciples. Have you ever been, you know, on that, um, like it's, when I was in campus ministry, we used to have somebody come in and say, okay, if you were going to die tomorrow, what would be the final wisdom that you would leave with those to whom you were speaking? That's what Jesus is doing here. He's giving his life's wisdom to the disciples as he leaves. And we, we hear that, right? Um, and, and so he knows what's going to go down, whether he knows exactly how it's going to go down or not. That's, that's up for debate. And, and that's, that's a podcast for another time. But he knows that something is going to happen and, and he knows it's coming soon. And so he's, he's giving his wisdom to the disciples. Basically, two days ago, he said, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to be going and preparing a place for you. Our God is a God of abundance. There is room. We don't run out of love. And, and God's presence, it, it doesn't run out of itself. And I'm going to go prepare a place for you in that presence. And when I do, I, I promise I'm going to come back and take you to myself so that we can always be together in that relationship in the midst of the flow of, of Father, Son, Spirit, right? That Trinitarian idea. Uh, and so he's giving good news to them. He's saying, hey, listen, keep hope. Keep hope in the midst of what's going to happen. Yes, it's going to be hard, but do not let your heart be troubled. Even in the midst of hardship, don't give up hope. I'm still there. I'm still around. Good is going to, to win, as I, as I mentioned, right, with Julian of, of Norwich. All will be well and all will be well and every manner of being will be well. So the other, again, had we kept reading, we hear Philip, you know, put his foot in his mouth, but we've talked about that before, so I won't talk about that. But Jesus gives that wonderful saying that he says, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm going to come back, basically. Now the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. I will not leave you orphaned. You're going to feel alone. You know, I I was listening to a song today that, you know, it talked about somebody in the midst of this song, uh, feeling very alone. Why did God desert me in my hour of need? I truly am indeed alone again, naturally. Oh, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Um, But it's that idea that God doesn't desert us. We may feel deserted. I'm not saying that we don't. But what God is saying is, I will not leave you orphaned. You will not be alone. And he says more of that than today. Okay, so that, that's the context. It's the night before he's dying. Uh, he's giving his wisdom, and, and this continues that wisdom. So what does he say to us? Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. All right? Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. Now, this is dangerous. This is dangerous words because we can hear it as saying, all right, whoever loves Jesus I'm, is going to be loved by God. So I, I've got I've to love Jesus, and therefore God the Father will love me. I've got to jump through the right hoop, and God the Father will be okay with me. Don't fall into that trap, my friends. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying is, at all. He's saying, listen, 
the father and he, and, and again, this is just Jesus' imagery, that parent, that Abba, that daddy, that, that one who is as close to us as our mother and our father, uh, that they are in that flow together. They are one. And so if we are loving them and they are loving us, of course God is involved in that. It's not a question of jump through this hoop and you will earn. So, so all that stuff that we carry with us, because we live in a world that is always about earning love. And, and we got to throw that away. This is not about earning, okay? So whoever loves me will be loved by the Father. I will love them and reveal myself to them. Um, and, and so again, whoever has my commandments and observes them, that's the one who loves me. I love that idea, brothers and sisters. I know we'll talk about it later, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's later in the week, or whether it's next week. We're going to get to it, and we're going to get to Jesus' one commandment, right? I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. But, but, and, and so I'm stepping on what I'm probably going to talk about then. So just know, you're, you're getting it twice, and, and maybe I just need to hear it twice from myself. You, you may not need to hear that. Forgive me. But that idea of love, brothers and sisters, we cannot be commanded to feel something. If Jesus were to command us, I command you, feel happy. I mean, most of us would maybe put on a smile, but that doesn't change how we feel. Maybe outwardly it looks like we do, but we cannot be commanded to feel anything. We can't be commanded to feel angry or, or uh, hopeful or um, happy or, or sad or, or whatever. You name the feeling can't be commanded to feel anything. But yet Jesus is saying, whoever has my commandments and observes them, that's the one who loves me. Okay? That's not the one who, who you know, feels good about me. It's the one who loves me. Because love, obviously, is not a feeling. That's what Jesus is pointing toward. I want to read you some words of Augustine. Now, these are not mine. I'm not wise enough to say them. But these are Augustine, and, and that's where I think Jesus is going, certainly where I'm going. Again, I don't want to put my words in Jesus. But the question is this, St. Augustine is, asking, is saying, what does love look like? And, and this is his answer to his own question. Love has hands to help others. It has feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has eyes to see misery and want. It has ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of others. That's what love looks like. Isn't that good? It's, it's that whole idea of St. Teresa of Avila. God has no hands but yours. God has no arms but yours. God has no feet but yours. That we are the hands and feet of God. And that love is not a feeling. The world would have us believe that. Um, but love is not. Love is a decision. And love is that openness, as Augustine says. It has hands to help others. But first we have to see others, right, in need. It has eyes to see the misery and want. It has feet to hasten to the poor and needy. But first we have to see the poor and needy, right? To eyes to, to see that. It has ears to hear. My friends, Jesus is saying, whoever has, I mean, we know, we know what Jesus has commanded. But he's saying, it's not about knowing. 
It's not about even embracing them and saying, oh, that Jesus, what a good guy. He really said the right stuff, and I know he's correct. It's about saying, do I take what he has given me in my mind and in my heart, in my ears and in my eyes, in my feet and in my hands, and live them out? Now, my friends, I know that we're not going to do that perfectly, and God knows we're not going to do that perfectly. But do we do it imperfectly? Or do we sit here and say, I'm afraid, and so I bury my, my treasure, right? Using that, that parable Jesus did, giving the money to the, to the different servants, and one goes out and invests his five and gets ten. One goes out and invests his two and gets four. The one who got one coin buried it because he was afraid. Brothers and sisters, we are going to fail. But what it invites us into is, is the stew. It invites us into the flow. It invites us into, to begin attempting to see the poor and needy and hear those who are in want and to hasten our feet and to use our hands. As Augustine says, love is a decision and we get to decide every day whether we sit on the sidelines or whether we move out. And our God is saying to us very clearly, the one who loves me is the one who moves forward and moves outward with it. We cannot be the one who buries the coin. Now then Judas, not the Iscariot, so this means Jude Thaddeus, um, the one when we pray to St. Jude, patron of hopeless cases. That's, that's this Jude. Uh, master, he's basically saying, hey man, how come you're telling us this stuff and you're not telling everybody else? Shouldn't you be telling everybody else? Isn't that the whole point here? And I like how Eugene Peterson translates Jesus' answer better than the New American here, so I'm going to say it. So Judas, not the Iscariot, said, Master, why is it that you are about to make yourself plain to us but not the world? And Jesus said, because a loveless world is a sightless world. If anyone loves me, they will carefully keep my word. And, and we know that. He says the same thing that, that he does. He repeats himself. But that loveless world is a sightless world. Not because the world wants to be without sight, but because it chooses to be without sight. It chooses to keep its sight on itself or its own wants and needs and pain and desires or whatever that is. Brothers and sisters, we have to be different than the world and being women and men of sight. Last thing I'll say, and I love this too, um, whoever loves me will keep my word. Okay, we know that. And my father will love him and we will come to them and make our dwelling within them. Brothers and sisters, do you know, do you know that the living God dwells within you? And, and so while it may feel like God has deserted us, God has never deserted us. God walks with us everywhere. And, and in fact, you're a, yes, you know it, carries us. But God dwells within us. And, uh, and, and I, it, it, it takes me to that um, reading. Now, I've, I've talked about that painting where Jesus you know, stands at the door and knocks, right? And, uh, and there is no doorknob on the outer uh, outside door that, that it only can be opened from the inside. But Jesus knocks and waits for us to open it. And, and so it brings to mind that reading from Revelations chapter 3, and I'll read it. It's verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will enter their house and dine with them 
and they with me. Brothers and sisters, our God promises. Our God doesn't just suggest. He doesn't say hopefully. He doesn't say, "Mm, if you're good, I'm going to do this. He says, whoever loves me and keeps my word as best we can, whoever moves forward with our eyes, our ears, our hands, our feet, our heart, our mind, and, and that's the one who, who God loves. And, and again, not earned, not earned. We're in the love of God, and so we're part of the flow, and naturally we will live it out. That's the deal. That's the deal. Make sure we get in that flow. But I love what he's saying here is, I will come to them and make my dwelling within them. Brothers and sisters, rather than hearing this word, and going out and attempting to see the want and the need and open our eyes and our ears and our heart and all that to them, I urge us first, sit in prayer. And and if nothing else, maybe more for us than God, say, Lord, come into my very being. Come in and use my hands. Come in and use my ears. Come in and use my eyes. Open my mind. Open my heart. Open my being. And dwell therein. And in the midst of that, Again, we open ourselves in prayer to be part of that flow, and we trust what comes out of that prayer. The people that come to our mind, the, the things we see the rest of that day or we hear, and then we enter in and bring that flow with us to them. It doesn't start with us. We don't go out and earn it, and then God comes in. We get a part of that flow. We open ourselves, and then we go out trusting our God to lead us and acting upon what we hear, we see, we, we uh, are a part of in our life. That's, that's what Jesus is promising. He says to us, I've told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, I will send. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's going to come in a few weeks. But he's knocking on the door right now. He's pointing. This is coming. Okay? So with that, my friends, Let's pray. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first glorious mystery, Jesus rises from the dead. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, make it a wonderful week. May God bless you in every good way. Be well, and God's peace.